Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with Rebecca Lammers, the international representative on the Taxpayer Advocate Panel, also known as TAP. Thanks, Rebecca, for taking the time to chat today. Sure, no problem. Happy to be here. For those who don't know, could you explain what TAP is and what your role on the panel is? The Taxpayer Advocacy Panel helps to identify tax issues of importance to taxpayers and to provide a taxpayer perspective to the IRS on key programs, products, and services. It also serves as a focus group that makes recommendations to the IRS and the National Taxpayer Advocate. It basically acts as a customer service panel with the IRS, but since it's funded by the government via legislation, the IRS has made a commitment to listen to the ideas that TAP members put forward to make improvements. So even though TAP is funded by the government, it acts as an independent organization. There's staff dedicated to the smooth running of TAP, but the core of the organization is made up of the volunteer members that are representing all 50 states, D.C., Puerto Rico, and U.S. citizens living abroad. I'm the volunteer member representing Americans abroad. Each member on TAP serves a three-year term and goes through a really rigorous application process to become a member of TAP. My interview process lasted nearly a year, although I think that was unusually delayed due to COVID. But I had to pass checks to confirm that I was filing my taxes and get an FBI check. So they definitely do a deep background check on you before you've been offered the role. A third of the new TAP members join every three years, so it keeps the panel fresh. Basically, TAP is made up of a number of project committees. There's the toll-free phone lines committee, the tax forms and publications committee, Taxpayer Assistance Center Committee, Notices and Correspondence Committee, Taxpayer Communications Committee, and finally the Special Projects Committee. And actually, that's the one that I'm on. That's the one that focuses on international issues and basically anything that doesn't fit into any of the other committees. Basically, the time I spend on TAP is dedicated towards two areas. One is working on issues and the other one is on outreach. Within the Special Projects Committee, basically, it's a subsection of the TAP membership, and we receive issues via the website. So anybody can go to improveirs.org, and they can submit a comment or a suggestion for improving the IRS. All of those questions are screened. Every single one of them is screened, discussed within the committee We then write that up as an issue if it's something that we believe should be taken forward, if we think that the IRS should fix that problem. It gets submitted to the IRS and then they have to respond within 45 days. So that's kind of the advantage of TAP is that regardless of whatever issue we put forward to them, they have to reply to us. We have to get a response back. And then depending on what happens with that response, we then accept or reject their response. If we were to push back on it, like we don't agree with it, it would then go into the annual report that TAP puts out. For example, some of the reasons the IRS rejects our suggestions comes down to either a lack of resources, a lack of funding, a lack of IT infrastructure. They might accept an issue and say it's on the roadmap for IT improvements in the coming years. It really kind of varies depending They will often come back and say that they can't do it because it's the law and 
laws need to be changed through Congress so they can't do anything about it. I would say on the whole, about 10% of the issues that we put forward actually do end up getting taken on board by the IRS. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, 10% is pretty good. I know some people might think, oh, that's not very high. But if you don't ask, then you don't get. That's kind of where we're coming from is we're just trying to make improvements and get them to take it on board. Could you explain how TAP fits into the structure of the IRS? The IRS is actually under the Department of Treasury. Under the IRS sits the Taxpayer Advocacy Panel. There is also another organization called the Taxpayer Advocate Service that runs parallel to TAP. It has another acronym called TAS. Very similar TAP versus TAS, but TAP is a group of volunteers working in order to improve the IRS. TAS, on the other hand, is also an independent organization in terms of how they work. They actually do advocacy as well as casework. So anybody that has any problems, like if they were to receive a penalty notice and they don't know how to deal with it, or any other kind of problems or issues that they're experiencing with the IRS, whether that might be customer service issues or they can't figure out why they owe a certain amount of tax, you can go to the Taxpayer Advocate Service and they will open up a case for you and then they will work with you in order to resolve that issue with the IRS. I think a lot of people overseas don't know about tasks. I actually didn't know about it until a few months ago. That's one of the other things I'm doing in terms of outreach. Part of my work is working on the issues within the committee, and then the other part of it is working on outreach, so raising awareness of TAP and also TAS. I actually did an outreach event about a month ago with TAS, just an introductory session explaining what TAS does and how they can help people. It was really, really beneficial, I think. And the key thing here is that you don't have to be an American citizen. If you are liable for some kind of U.S. tax, you can use TAS if you have any problems with the IRS. And also, it doesn't matter what your income level is. If you have a problem with the IRS, TAS will work with you and open up uh, casework for you. They work with anybody that needs help with filing their taxes. When did you join TAP as the international member and what made you want to serve on TAP? I started officially at the end of March. It's definitely a niche area. Well, I'll explain the background. Most of my fellow TAP members are either current or retired accountants who want to serve their community. I'd say that I'm a big anomaly within TAP. I'm a small business owner. My background is working in social media and the music industry. I think my different perspective is hugely valued, not only as someone bringing the international perspective, but also just coming from a completely different background from everyone else on TAP. For me, it is about serving the American abroad community. It's different, as you know, because we're spread out around the world. We're not really concentrated in one location. My fellow TAP members, they often will go to events or to different taxpayer service centers and talk to people face to face, whereas all of us are located all over the world and many are isolated. They don't know where other Americans are in the country that they live in. 
a lot of the time we're less than 1% of the population in the countries that we live in, although there are the embassies, but they're not exactly accessible or centers for people to be able to go and get tax questions answered. So many of us are often left to our own devices. A lot of where Americans abroad gather is in communities online. Uh, There's a lot of Facebook groups, that kind of thing. I think I'm really lucky that I live in London, which has a huge American abroad community, but not all of us are fortunate in that way where we have a community of Americans around us. My main mission is about communication with people online, and I'm a millennial. I have no problem with communicating online, so that suits me well. The bottom line is that I wanted to make a difference in people's lives, and this was a way for me to do that. What are some of the issues you've raised on behalf of Americans living abroad since joining the panel? One of the recent issues that came up was leftover from my predecessor on TAP, where it was asking the IRS to set up a way for Americans abroad to be able to call the IRS. One of the biggest frustrations, I would say, for Americans abroad is that the only way to communicate with the IRS is either by letter, mailing a letter in the mail, or by calling the IRS. There's no email interface. Sometimes, depending on the situation, you can send stuff via fax which just, from my perspective, feels really antiquated because nobody uses fax machines anymore. (laughs) It's a really big frustration for people, especially overseas, to have to call the IRS. So you're spending a lot of money calling an international number. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there was some statistics that came out where only a very, very small number of people who call the IRS get through and speak to somebody to resolve the issue that they were calling about. Somebody who's spending a lot of money waiting on hold for two hours and then gets hung up on, that's incredibly frustrating. Anyway, this was a leftover issue of saying, hey, there are international taxpayers, we need a solution in order for them to be able to call the IRS in a cost-effective way. The IRS came back put forward this suggestion that in Europe, I think it was 14 countries, that in these countries you can dial this additional kind of extension and then be able to call US 800 numbers at the local rate. Because I know people in different countries across Europe. I contacted a few people and I was like, can you from your landline number try this method out that the IRS has suggested? And it literally worked for no one. I'm in the process of pushing back on that issue and saying to the IRS that you are wrong, that this is not a solution for the problem that we have, and basically we want them to do better. That's one of them. One of the other issues, which didn't start out as an international issue but has turned into one, there's this form 8621, which is the PFIC form. For those of you that don't know, a PFIC stands for Passive Foreign Investment Company within IRS speak. Anybody who is an American living overseas who has a non-U.S. retirement plan, more often than not, unless there's good treaty protections in place, their retirement plan is deemed as a PFIC. And so there are a lot of Americans abroad that have to file this form, which is normal for us, but is very niche within the U.S. In my view, it's a very unfair 
form that people have to fill out. But anyway, this issue came in that asked if we could ask the IRS to make this form available for e-filing. E-filing is a very straightforward thing. It's on the IRS's agenda to help people e-file because it's easier for everybody. It reduces paperwork, reduces admin, it reduces cost, et cetera, et cetera. I looked at that on the surface and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And originally I wasn't even thinking about this issue as an international issue. I was thinking about it in a general, like, why wouldn't the IRS allow someone to e-file any form? Every form should be e-filable. I wanted to do my homework and investigate to make sure that there weren't any potential international issues to be addressed here. And oh my God, (laughs) there were a lot. I spoke to a number of accountants that I know in my network and a number of individuals who I know who have to file the PFIC form. And again, this is something that is a form that people who have a non-U.S. either pension or retirement plan that they signed up with through their employer or potentially depending on the country that they live in, For example, Australia requires everybody to set up a superannuation fund. And this is a really well-known thing within Australia where it is treated as a PFIC in U.S. law. But in Australia, it's a standard retirement fund that everybody has. Anyway, I looked into it and the IRS guidance for the form states that it takes 11 and a half hours to learn how to fill the form in and then an additional 37 hours to complete. That's just insanity. The person that submitted the issue said that they couldn't e-file and were asking the IRS to make the form e-fileable. With some software, you can e-file it, but not all software programs do. The bottom line is that the IRS can't force certain third-party providers to make things e-fileable. That discourse happens quite often with the issues that TAP submits. It's just really, really difficult. At the end of the day, it's just really unfair. And ultimately, rather than getting down into the weeds, I'm going to be recommending that the IRS change the definition of a retirement account rather than require people to fill this form in in the first place. Potentially, that might be viewed as a legislative change. It's something I'll be discussing next week on this committee call, so we'll have to see where it goes. Hopefully that kind of gives you a flavor of some of the issues and topics that tend to come up in these discussions. For you, what does it mean to be the international representative of TAP? In a way, it's sort of like being the unofficial representative of Americans abroad. We don't have representation in Congress directly. More often than not, we're forgotten in general within the IRS, even though there's been an acknowledgement from the IRS that international taxpayers exist and we are an underserved community. So that is good, but there are always improvements that can be made. My voice is very important within TAP. I do my best to attend all of the committee meetings because Purely by just being there, by raising the international perspective, I make a difference in terms of shaping the way that people are thinking about things. I've been on meetings where very clearly I felt like there was a big elephant in the room and nobody was talking about it. And once I spoke, I realized that nobody had even thought about the things that were coming to my mind in terms of how Americans abroad are treated in terms of IRS customer service or 
the additional filings that we're required to fill out. Just by being there, it's just so, so important. What are some of the challenges you expect to face while working on TAP? I've already faced some of those challenges. Recently, one of the committee meetings I was in, someone actually asked why Americans Abroad can't just use a U.S. bank account or call a U.S. phone number. This came up in terms of being able to receive the COVID checks over the last few years. They didn't understand how it's difficult for Americans Abroad to be able to open up a U.S. bank account. Not all of us have a U.S. bank account. They just didn't understand that. Same thing with calling a U.S. phone number. To be honest, I think people just don't even think about Americans Abroad. Again, back to my point I made earlier, by me just being in the room and raising my perspective, it has been so beneficial in terms of shaping the thinking of TAP. The other challenge, I made this point really clearly both on a call as well as in an email follow-up on one of the committee meetings, is that when I first started in March... I couldn't call into the meetings because it was using an 877 phone number, which is a toll-free number in the U.S. But for me, even though I'm pretty tech savvy, I still had difficulty figuring out how to call into the number. I have Google Voice, which I set up when I was in the U.S. and then I use while I'm abroad, which is free U.S. phone numbers, but it doesn't allow you to call toll-free numbers for free through Google Voice. So I couldn't use that. What I realized is that if I add credit to a Skype account, even though I'm not spending any Skype credit, I can then use Skype in order to call an 877 number. So I had to call through Skype and then dial in through WebEx in order to join the call through video, but then they weren't using the audio on WebEx. They were using the audio through the conference call line, and it just drove me absolutely nuts because it was just so difficult figuring out how to get into the line. And I said, guys, you cannot use 877 numbers for dialing in. It just does not work for international. This goes to my point in terms of Americans abroad not being able to call the IRS 800 number. People just cannot do that. (laughs) This is insanity. We finally moved over to Microsoft Teams in May, and it was a really big deal because it takes government a really long time to update their technology. Ever since we've upgraded in May, my experience of being able to communicate with people has been so much better. I can call into Teams, I can turn on the video and the audio in the same program and talk to people in the committee and run the meeting efficiently. You would think that that would be a normal thing, but it's much better now. Very clearly, there are challenges. It is definitely getting better I do have to say that every single TAP member has IRS staff who are dedicated to TAP as support. So any kind of problems or issues that I have, I go to them and they help me resolve those issues. I cannot sing their praises enough. They are just absolutely outstanding individuals. The thing that really surprised me when I first started was that the people who are working on TAP and working in the IRS, they've worked there for a very, very long time. There wasn't anybody who had worked on either TAP or the IRS for less than 14 years. They were very, very proud of the work that they do. A lot of them were saying, oh, I've worked in the service for 20 years. It is very much about serving the taxpayers, serving Americans, 
And it's just been really inspiring working with everybody in TAP. I've really enjoyed it. But yes, there are challenges on the technology front, which have improved. And just in general of explaining international problems, we're getting there. It's it's a long play on that front, I think. How do you see your role in TAP evolving over time? I've just been doing it for just four months now. <laughs> I think I have really dived in headfirst on a lot of what I've been working on. Just the amount of things that I've worked on in four months is pretty outstanding at this point. I think there's two main areas I'd really like to be doing more outreach. I mentioned the webinar I did with TAS about a month ago, but I need and want to set up a website with a blog and have more information available on social media. I definitely want to run more TAS webinars and maybe even in-person events. If ACA has anything coming up, I'm very happy to do any kind of awareness raising webinars or in-person events or anything like that. And that's the case with any overseas organization, really. Like anywhere where there's Americans, I would love to talk about TAP and all the really great stuff that we do. Yeah, so outreach is one. And then the other thing is I'd really like to get more Americans abroad to submit suggestions on improveirs.org. This is really the core of the work that comes up for TAP. And I think the more international issues that we get to work on, the better that we'll be able to improve the IRS and the better we'll be able to improve Americans abroad in terms of being able to file their taxes. Do you think there should be more than one international representative on the panel? The current TAP charter states that there is one international member. And by the way, it's worth clarifying that I'm speaking on behalf of Rebecca Lammers. I'm not speaking on behalf of the IRS or TAP. On a personal level, yes, it'd be really nice to not be the only one to have a partner in crime, so to speak. The charter states that there's one, so that is the way it is. There are people who are members on TAP who do understand international issues, but then I would say that on the whole that there's more that don't understand international issues, and I'm constantly having to educate my fellow members. So it is a lot of work. I don't see that changing anytime soon, unfortunately. What are your thoughts on the importance of organizations representing Americans living and working abroad? It is really important. There are not too many American abroad organizations. ACA is the largest nonpartisan organization that I'm aware of. The bottom line is that Americans abroad want residency-based taxation. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. Everyone agrees that we need residency-based taxation. The fact is, is that we need to be able to address the needs of Americans abroad today. And as long as the government enforces the current system, which is citizenship-based taxation, the government needs to, and the IRS in particular, needs to help Americans abroad with filing their taxes. That's how I view my role in TAP. And continuing to put forward the fact that they need to help international taxpayers and make it easier for them to be able to file their taxes. And I know ACA is really important. I know that you guys have done the DEG study recently, and all of that is really important, great work. You know, we're all working together on changing and improving things for Americans abroad Residency-based taxation is the long-term goal, but I think within TAP, we can achieve short-term goals as well. 
For those who are interested, could you tell us how they could get involved? Submit your suggestions to the IRS to improveirs.org. I would be very, very happy to talk to anybody about discussing your suggestion before you submit it. So you can drop me a line on my email, which is tap, T-A-P, international, and the number one at gmail.com. Like I said earlier, I really want more people to submit suggestions on the website and comments for improvement to the IRS. All of the suggestions, like I said, get reviewed. The more that we have of international problems, the more we can get addressed, and ideally, the more that we can get fixed. Thanks, Rebecca, for taking the time to join us today. Sure, no problem. Happy to be here. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month. It is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us. 